few seconds here. We are live. Amazing. Welcome everyone to MaxWeb Video Podcast. I'm so honored to have you here with us. If you are listening to us on Spotify, Google, or Apple, that's absolutely fine. However, make time uh, later today to watch this on YouTube or Facebook because uh, Joe has some fantastic visuals for us. And uh, without further ado, I am so excited to introduce you guys to Joe. I'm sure a lot of you know who Joe is. You know, he, if you want anything outbrain, he probably knows where to go or what to do. Uh, but actually, if you don't mind, I would love it if you can uh, share just a bit of background with us. So the audience and, you know, the affiliates that don't know uh, who you are and what you do can get to know you a bit better. Yeah, for sure. And thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm pumped to be here. Um, I've watched a bunch of your episodes and podcasts and stuff with all the other people in the space. So it's, uh, it's an honor too. I've been with Outbrain for six and a half years now. But even before that, I was actually an Outbrain client on the publisher side. And we did a little bit of content arb, not in the sense of slideshows and celebrity type stuff, but for niche awareness and advocacy campaigns. And we had to drive people back to our content hubs and the Outbrain team came to present into that company and they basically showed us what they were doing for us. And I said, man, why that sounds really cool. Why don't I go work for that company? So it was just a one-on-one application applied to Outbrain, um, started working there as an account manager, worked on a lot of the political activations across Outbrain. So really very similar to, to the DR and performance world where people were looking to drive donations and voter registrations and all these lower funnel metrics. Um, so I did that for a little bit. Then when I was in New York, I met my wife and she's from San Diego. So now I live in San Diego. I've been here for three and a half years, still working for Outbrain remotely and lead our team for affiliate and direct response partnerships here across North America. So yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome journey, but, um, learned a lot, probably only uncovered 50% of, uh, of everything that's here though <laughs> perfect thank you for doing that like uh you know we all love introductions but we don't want to be those people that spend you know half an hour talking about our background so that was <laughs> i love that uh, you know yeah plus you know you guys we're going to tag joe on um you know on our channel so i'm sure it's going to be hard to get to all of you if you have questions but i'm sure he won't mind you connecting and asking questions if you want later um we're also going to go through uh joe's slides so we'll do that and then at the end uh with joe's blessing we'll actually going to take a few questions live and uh I have a few questions too. We have not sent Joe a list because I want to put him on the spot and ask him something. <laughs> no, I'm joking. It's gonna be all wonderful. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you pull the slides here. Uh, they look fantastic, by the way. Cool. There we go. And I'll let you, you know, take on. If you don't mind, I'll like do this and stop you if I have questions. Yeah, for sure. Is it um? It's it's full screen on your on your guy's screen right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Awesome. So Anna asked me to put together some slides. And if you guys have been in this world, you know that we don't really, um, I haven't given like a slideshow presentation in probably two years, which was so funny. And I was asking a bunch of my colleagues, you know, what are our updated slides look like? And then I morph them into things I think would be good for this presentation. So it's uh, going back to the roots a little bit, but yeah, thanks for, um, thanks for being here again. I, uh, I think, 
one of the biggest questions that I always get, or honestly, just like comments, um, is, you know, I ran native, you guys are all the same. What's the difference between you to bull rev, all these other platforms and stuff. In fact, I was just out last week with a client out here in San Diego and he's like, man, I ran native three years ago and it was just a bunch of BS, you know, and well, obviously a little bit more detailed than that, but I was like, no, man, like there's a difference between all of us. We all have our different niches. And I think this isn't supposed to be an outbrain pitch, um, but I do want to fill you guys in on, on some of those differences. And the, the two biggest things. And that's um, what we want. I'm sorry. So that's yeah. what we want. We don't, like the audience already knows, no one that we bring in is never a pitch. However, it is tools and stuff that can help them. So of course you can tell us why Outbrain is awesome at a lot of the things. <laughs> You know, a lot of us maybe want to switch from doing Facebook or from doing other native platforms on trying Outbrain. So please feel free. Don't feel bad. Like, tell us what you're <laughs> Cool. Cool. I'll boost up a little bit. No, but um, the two biggest things. In 2021, Outbrain won the best native platform award from the Native Advertising Institute. Um, I think we won it over Dynomi and... Um, one other platform in there. And in 2022, we actually got second. The company that got first is a company called Strassel out of Stockholm, Sweden. They have about 38 employees, very niche, <clears throat> smaller network, more geared towards brand safety and um, some of the top brands in the world. So really focus in that area. All those other companies that I mentioned on that Spider-Man slide, unfortunately, were, were not in this list. So I think we do differentiate ourselves in a really big way and have been recognized in the industry just just for that and a lot of other things. Um, and also, we have two really big affiliate hubs at Outbrain and direct response teams. In the US, when I first started this two years ago, we didn't have any full-time people dedicated towards affiliates and performance marketers. My time was split between um, a power affiliate and maybe I was going up to LA to go try and close Netflix to run programmatically through Outbrain for a brand awareness video campaign. And what we found is that really didn't do a great service to each of those. Uh, they, they weren't getting the attention they deserve. So we decided to build out a team. We have three business development people at Outbrain that just focus on this um, in the US. Two of them both come from the affiliate world. So we try to bring people in from the outside to help make us smarter, make us better, understanding the needs and pain points from this space. And I think it's really helped accelerate things. And then on the account management side, we also have a team of five, soon to be six uh, account managers that are solely in the weeds with direct response and, and affiliate marketers um, on the operating platform. So I know for a fact that's that's not the case at a lot of these other native players. And we take a lot of pride in that, take a lot of pride in response times, um, all the things that we know are, are super important to this world. We also have international teams to do the same. But I think just for us speaking to here in the U.S., um, we have about eight people and I think totally internationally, there's 12 more. So you think about it, 20 people just dedicated to this world is something that is pretty special. It is. And we see that, you know, when uh, I don't know, I know our affiliates now, I don't know if you uh, know that we actually run our brain internally and uh, it's no secret that we, you know, I always talk about our brain even when I have presentation and not because I, you know, obviously uh, I don't have an affiliate link. I wish I did with our brain. <laughs> it, it's just, honestly, it's, it's great. And it, we love the quality of, of the traffic. Cool. Yeah, I know. I should get an affiliate link for all of us, huh? That would be good. Um, 
but in addition to that, quick facts, operating the names out there, right? Everybody knows what we do, but founded in 20, 2006. So gosh, that's um, 16 years ago now. We have over a thousand employees, offices all over the world. And we have 7,000 publisher partners um, around the world. So that's all of our inventory. And we'll go into that along with these inventory geos in a second. But I think when, and we'll go into all the questions and nitty gritty, but it, one of the big questions I always get asked is, you know, it's so competitive in the US, where else can I get traffic and where else can I buy that CPCs are efficient? And things like Japan, Brazil, Germany, UK, and Australia, all huge inventory sources for a lot of different reasons. And we'll go into that in a sec, but monster global scale. Um, we reached a third of the total world's population online. And a lot of these bigger countries are more in like this 94, 90 plus percent range. So we hit 94% of the population within the U.S. that are online. And same thing can be said in those numbers for um, things like the U.K., Australia, Germany, Italy, Spain, and all that. So that's just a snapshot of some publishers. 90% of them are exclusive deals to Outbrain. It's becoming a little bit less of an exclusivity play now because different native networks are bidding in programmatically to other different native networks. And of course we share MSN with literally everybody. So there's not as big of an exclusive play anymore, but it still is there in terms of like the CNNs, the Wireds, the New York Post of the world. Um, we still do retain a pretty big footprint in a lot of those more premium publishers. Cool. So the other thing too, I feel like one of the big moves that's been happening in the last year and a half. I'm sorry, Joe, are yeah. we the first slide or you're going through slides and we're just like missing it? Cause I can see the screen. What slide are you on now? I am on this one that says inventory exclusive to Outbrain. You see that? No, no, we just did the first one. Oh, <laughs> I, man. I know. And I was going through them because I know the information. So let's but, see. So everyone, how pretty they were. Okay. Now that's funny. Can you guys see me going back and forth now? No, I like now I can see that you're on like slide six. Hmm. So then why and don't I just go like four. this? Perfect. I'm just going to do a little audible. And, and honestly, comfortable with this we would love to share this slide with anyone that needs them i know for a lot of yeah. our, uh you know friends they they love when i do that so amazing yeah so now we see it quick fact found it cool awesome. so i feel like this is going to be the easier way then because i was in presentation I agree. So. and I'm, you know that's why i asked because joe and i were thank joking, you we were joking before the call it happens to me all the time some sort of technical thing right before we got started and it happened it was like <laughs> before we went live so uh, happy I know, right? Awesome. Too funny. Cool. So that's kind of what I was running through. Some of those geos. Perfect. Population reach. Mm -hmm. Pretty monster. You guys didn't really miss much. Just some call outs. Um, and I don't know. Did you guys miss the meme then? Did you miss this? We missed the meme. That's why no one was laughing. That's why. I oh, my God. I worked, uh, I worked super hard on that. I worked super hard on this. Um, it's pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, we'll just skip through if it's going to let me here. Come on. Yeah. So anyway, that's what I was talking about. A lot of full-time employees awards. You get the deal. Um, all right. So what I was going to say is programmatic is becoming more and more of a question. People are always asking 
you know, are there programmatic solutions out there? Should I just work with an aggregator for native? Um, I think you can, I think for performance marketers though, it's a lot better to work directly with the platform native as a performance tool, at least in our world for affiliates and optimizing towards CPA really isn't as, um, it's not as built out as it needs to be. I think it will be in a year or two, but for right now, um, just, just makes more sense to work direct. I feel like we provide a lot more transparency into where everything is. You get to lean on a little bit more of the outbrain tech um, that, that isn't available programmatically. And there's pluses and minuses of each, but I feel like the, the main thing is just, if you're a performance marketer, if you're an affiliate, you should be working directly in the platform rather than a, a programmatic exchange. I'm taking notes too. I hope that's okay. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Now let me see if it'll just go to the next one here. Come on. We're on six. So I'm just, I'm, I'm from now on, I'm just, I'll tell you if I feel like we're. <laughs> I know, cool. How do I, there we go, seven. Perfect. All right. I put this in here for you guys because most people know Outbrain is like this traditional display static unit. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of what all of us do, right? Like Outbrain, Tabula, Rev, that's what we've built our, our stuff on. Um, but there's also other units too. I, I think for more branding plays, like the progressives and the Amazons and the Netflix of the world, video is cool. And our carousel unit is cool for some e-com folks like Nike. But in terms of optimizing towards conversions, we don't really we don't really roll with that route. Um, the, the one thing I did want to call out is this clip animated short form GIF video uh, type that. unit. That look, that's yeah. what caught my eye. When you move this slide, I just, like I went in there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, I look at it as a, as a CTR booster, you know, like your click through rates are going to go up. So that means you don't have to pay as much from a CPC standpoint. So you're getting a little bit more efficient traffic and, you're engaging people at a, at a much higher rate um, than just your traditional static. And it's been, I think it's been in the industry for probably a year now, at least in native. And we've had it for, for quite a bit of that. But I think that most people that, that I talk to and that want to launch outbrain campaigns, they, they'll always just come with, with the static images, right? Uh, because that's what we've been known for. And that's what everybody has. And this asset takes a little bit longer to, to build out, but I would encourage all of you, and this is kind of why I put it in here, when you, when you think about Outbrain, I would also think about launching one of these clip units. Um, I'll let those numbers at the bottom kind of speak for themselves. Of course, it's different for all advertisers, but that CPC benchmark, that negative 76%, is because it's a little bit less competitive on Outbrain than Facebook, but it's also because our click-through rates are, are going way, way up compared to what they are with static images. So I'd encourage all of you to launch that as a test. Um, if you're going to get something going. I love the clip. That's awesome. Yeah. I bet it's it fun. It's easy. Yeah. And like with the, you know, with our VSLs, like a small, you know, tiny like segment of the VSL, that would be awesome. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It's definitely, um, like it says here, 10 second. It's mm -hmm. definitely, it's not good. the same as the Facebook stuff where you're sometimes running a two and a half, three minute video in there and it's got some content underneath it and somebody can click through, but like exactly what you said, just After a little bit of a teaser. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, cool. That's the only unit I wanted to call out. New unit. It's cool. You guys know the static stuff. Um, and then I wanted to talk a little bit more about 
conversion bid strategy and the Alperin algorithm, which point of contention for a lot of people, what one do I pick? We have four. So hopefully I can do a little bit of myth busting right now, or at least point you in some, uh, in, in some better direction. Yeah. But the conversion bid strategy is Alperin's algorithm. And there's four optimization modes, fully auto, semi-auto, target CPA, and target ROAS. I listed them on the left-hand side in order of the ones that I think you should test first. Semi-automatic essentially means half the media buyer, half the algorithm. So the algorithm is changing your CPC on different publisher sections, ad copy, time of day, in the background to try and optimize towards your conversion rate. So if a publisher has a high conversion rate, it's gonna get more aggressive towards that. If it's got a low conversion rate, it's gonna try and not get as much inventory there um, by bidding down on that CPC. But with semi-automatic, the media buyer also has control over manually adjusting by increasing and decreasing on publisher, on ad and all of those other things. Wow. So you have the ability to go in there and really just leverage that media buying skill that you guys have probably developed over the years um, and adjust things need be. It's a great one to start with because you're able to curate your publisher list in a way that uh, and curate your ad copy in a way to get you across that first week finish line and then have what you need, be able to scale up and be able to keep going. Um, the, the biggest thing and why we put people on semi-auto to start is, is because of that. It allows you to make those adjustments, get publishers out of there, keep the ones that you want, and then continue to go. The other one and the, the two that I, I think are most impactful I, I, I mean, we personally think target ROAS is the most impactful thing, but it's for affiliates and companies that are able to pass back dynamic order values to the operating platform. So if you're thinking about a supplement VSL, right, there's a one bottle, a three bottle, a 10 bottle, you can track all of those things and um, you have that in your own tracker. But I would say 90% of the time that information isn't passed back to operating. And we can ingest that now through server to server integration um, with, with a pixel. So you can pass back that order value and we can start to see those high AOVs depending on publisher section and ad copy. And the system's going to automatically optimize towards the one with the highest AOV and, and kind of weed out the ones with the lower ones. Um, so for anybody that has that type of integration, a lot of times it's the offer owner. We have great integrations with people like volume as well that allow us to do this, but it, uh, I would encourage everybody to go this route. It's definitely more work getting it set up, but it's the easiest way to take advantage of, of the Alperin algo and also start to understand how things are performing. You know, like our CPA might look better on one publisher, but if the average order value is 50% less, then exactly. we shouldn't be looking at CPA. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would say those are the main things. Target CPA is also starting to come around too. We're, we're doing some backend work trying to make some adjustments there, <laughs> so to say, um, because we want it to perform better internally. And one of the things we're, we're kicking around is testing a no CPC ceiling or floor. So it doesn't really matter what CPC you enter uh, at times. In the future, you might not even have to enter in a CPC. And really, it's just the algo understanding what your CPA goal is and then 
um, bidding against that. So again, that's more 90% of the algo. It's not really on the media buyer to do because without CPC control, the only stuff you can really do is blocking publishers and turning off ads. So um, yeah, I, I think those are the main three. Fully auto is really good if you want to scale the hell out of a campaign and really just, you have a ton of data in the door. Mm -hmm. You want to run it that consists zero to 100. Yeah. yeah. If you guys, you know, I know a lot of you kept, you know, when I talk about native and I have any presentation, when I talk about consistency and why I love native, that's what I mean. Once you hit a sweet spot, uh, you know, uh, you have a pool engine that works, the offer converts, you know, it's easy to go in full automatic because it's going to be consistent traffic. And I just love that. Obviously, it's not going to happen with your first campaign, but overall, by comparison to social, for us, the consistency is always better. Love to hear it. Put that on a put that on a case study. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so cool. In addition to the algo stuff, I wanted to call out one more thing from a product standpoint, which is newer, and it's a partnership with IAB. And it allows us to target contextually relevant uh, articles. And a lot of people always ask, hey, Joe, put me on the best publisher list. I know you can put me on the top 15 publishers. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't do that, you know, because we literally don't. We have a few lists that we can default people to, depending on different things. And you make your blocks and you do all that. But with, uh, with this IAB contextual targeting, you can actually just select what articles you want to be on. So if you only want to be on health articles, if you only want to be on tech articles, if you only want to be on food and recipe articles or mortgage or whatever, um, this allows you to do that. The scale is obviously more limited than something like running a run a network campaign on Outbrain and you know cherry picking sites and doing that. But we've seen a lot of success with this, especially in the financial vertical. Um, pages like Agora, right? Those mm those, those bigger offers and all their subset of brands. Um, a lot of the other investment news and things like that, when they target financial specific publishers only, it tends to really, really do well. And, uh, I assume it's going to be the same thing in the future for a lot of uh, health and e-com type stuff, especially coming up with Q4 and all the holidays, like targeting shopping categories and gifting and everything. So I would encourage you to look at this too. It's definitely something to have in your, in your toolkit when you're running an outbring campaign. Amazing. I really like that. All right. So the last pieces I want to talk about, and there's a lot of words in this and we'll kind of run through it a little bit, but content approvals, the bane of your existence, the bane of my existence, the bane of everybody's existence, <laughs> um, especially in the health space. Yeah. So I wanted to provide some clarity here and I think it just, it's, it's, it's always going to be a moving target. I think, unfortunately, uh, there, we fight for so much internally. Sometimes it gets approved. Sometimes it doesn't. But just know all the offer owners, all the copywriters, like I'm personally on your guys' side. Our incentive plan as account managers and salespeople is when we can take people from spending a couple hundred dollars a day to a couple thousand dollars a day. And, and that's how we're incentivized. So getting things like this approved are definitely in our best interest. So just know that all the people that you talk to on a daily basis are, are fighting for it. Um, and it's uh, kind of up to the powers it be sometimes, but there are three things that are always required on an outframe page. And 
they're really important. If you don't have it, you're going to get auto rejected, even if your content is super clean and it's approved on Facebook and you don't know why. So you need an advertorial and advertisement disclosure on the page. It needs to be there. It needs to be on the top in the corner, super small, however you want to put it, it needs to be disclosed to the clicker of that ad that when they land on that landing page, that it's an ad. So that's the first thing. The two other things are this contact us and privacy policy. They need to be there too. We can't run a link. And I know everyone that runs Facebook, sometimes they don't even need either of these. It's just like a parked page with no information. It's just the offer, right? So we need a contact us privacy policy and advertisement disclosure uh, on the actual landing page, which is like, no questions asked, just need that. I wanted to put some of these words on here for if you guys want to screenshot it and obviously we can send this deck around so you can have it, but. So helpful. Yeah, yeah. So these are some of the words that are included and aren't allowed and all that kind of stuff. And you can see this is kind of a screenshot from, from Skype that I sent someone the other day, but there's some new rule sets on Outbrain. And, <laughs> what do you say? It's so helpful. Like I was writing some of that down. It's It's great. Yeah, so we did some testing and we found that some of these words and things really really lifted performance uh, in terms of conversions, which obviously I, th I think we knew, but in terms of how it works on, on this side of the coin, we need to run tests, we need to prove it out, we need to make sure the publishers are okay with it. It takes a little bit of time. Um, so you can see some of these newly allowed descriptors. Like trick. Exactly. So we're allowed to have those now. Some of these claims you have to put help in front of, like mm -hmm. help fix, help reveal, help remove. But in the past, you, you weren't even allowed to, um, you weren't even allowed to, to have them, right? The things mm -hmm. that are still prohibited are, are curing something, the whole shock value and restoring. So I gave some examples down here of things that, that could be approved now, like the surprising helps ease wrinkles, erase wrinkles. Like that would have never been allowed even a month ago. So wow. I would say use it to your advantage right now um, mm -hmm. while you can. So helpful. Screenshot notes. <laughs> no, seriously, it wasn't. Like, you know, we do, especially for our, um, the South Beach is one of our, you know, really good offers. Um, and you're right. A month ago, like the surprising hack helps erase wrinkles would not have worked. So that's so helpful. Yeah. And again, it's like conversion rates, but then it's also click through rates too. That headline's more clicky. So you're going to be paying probably 10% less from a CPC. What does that mean for your bottom line? I mean, it all just trickles down into, into the ROAS of each campaign. So it's important. Very The and if I have any more updates um, over the over the months or over the years, and I'll just I'll keep sharing with you, and That's you can wonderful. share them along to your team internally. And um, I feel like there can even be like a co-branded section about like <laughs> the rules and regulations. Absolutely, um, we have so you know, that do our brains, so we always want to make sure to help them and make sure they know, especially stuff like this is so valuable. Totally, totally. Um, the last thing I have in here is just some some image type stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'll zoom in a little bit so everybody can see. But I would say if your gut is telling you it's probably not a great image, your gut feeling is correct, especially on, on Outbrain. <laughs> um, some of these 
non-compliant images. I'm going to be honest with you guys on this call. I have seen some things get approved here and there. This is more weight loss specific mm -hmm. image style things. But when you think about what you see and, and what you don't see on Opera, I know some of these kind of like cartoony or like x-ray type things kind of come through and it's a, uh, it's a case by case basis on, on the images for the most part, I would say, again, if your gut's telling you it's probably not a good image and it is a little bit gross, then that's probably what the, uh, <laughs> it's probably what the operating compliance team is going to say too. Um, Could it same buy? thing with, yeah, same thing with, with car. A lot of people run auto insurance, but mm. you can imagine the same thing from a, um, like Medicare or life insurance or even a health supplement, like, no disturbing, shocking, provocative, or gruesome images, right? Like, I think that same thing can be said yeah, for health. too, and, you know, for health. Yeah, and then this is kind of around health, too, right? Like, some of the ED stuff that is allowed and sometimes not allowed. Just some of the images that don't make any sense are just a little bit more provocative. Mm -hmm. we, we don't really allow that, but we allow some other stuff. So I think the biggest... Um, the biggest way you can kind of figure this out is just by reaching out to an account manager, reaching out to me and kind of seeing if you can get it pre-approved beforehand. It might take a day or two to get you that answer, but I think it's better than somebody building out a campaign, waiting three days for it to get reviewed, then getting rejected, then spending another three days talking to someone. So you might as well just spend that two days in the beginning, figuring out if, if it's approved or not, you know? But that's kind of it. That's all. Uh, that's all I got from a slide perspective, at least. But you know, I, I hope that was helpful in cluing us into some of the things that are going on and that are different right now. So helpful, so helpful, Joe. And you know why? Because stuff that's common sense to you, because you've been doing this for so long. For someone that has just, uh, you know, decided to change traffic from social to native, it's going to be so helpful, right? So that's, you know, one of the things that I always mention. It's common sense. It seems like something very easy uh, when you do this for a long time, but when you're just getting started, it's a big blessing. And people forget, you know, when, when we talk about native and people getting started, um, everyone thinks it's just new affiliates. But no, I see every day hundreds of affiliates that are, you know, wanting to try native and they have the expertise, but the expertise is with different platforms, right? It can be Facebook or YouTube or push. So they do have the expertise of, you know, they know they need to work hard and understand compliance is there for a reason. Uh, but it's just, you know, so helpful to have as much information as you can. So with that said, one of my main question is, what is the easiest way for someone to get started um, if they do want to, you know, give out brain a try? Uh, we can assume they have been doing Facebook or YouTube, whatever, Google. Um, what's the easiest way to actually get started? I would say you definitely need to talk with somebody. It's really not the platform where you can go and create a self-serve account, launch, scale, and do it effectively. Um, it it will probably will probably never be that way. So if you think you're going to do that, I just would really discourage you from, from trying that. Uh, whether it's me who does the US stuff and, and North America or it's some of our international team, um, I can provide, I don't know if I can chat in this comment thing. I can't, but um, if you just search my name on Skype or on Facebook, then you'll find me very easy. And uh, 
I can introduce you to the correct person, no matter what geo you're in. So anybody listening to this, feel free, reach out, I'll, I'll forward you along. But that's the biggest thing, because not only can we tell you if the offer is Sorry, I want to account manager. I'm going to comment your name. Oh, cool. <laughs> and everyone has it. Yeah, yeah, I can even. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would say reach out because number one, we need to figure out if the offer is approvable. Number two, we need to figure out if the goal is, is actually accurate enough to, to be able to be hit, right? Um, a lot of the big questions and then inbound things that I get are hey, I have this auto insurance offer, my payout's nine bucks. Do you think that's doable in Outbrain? And as honestly as possible, I'll probably say no. You know, you should probably look for another offer because we know the CPL for auto insurance on Outbrain typically comes in between 12 and $18. So if your payout's nine, you're going to be, you're going to be losing money. Um, same thing could be said for all the health supplement offers. We sit on a ton of data internally. So I would say lean on that. You, again, that's why you need to talk to somebody beforehand. And then the last piece is being defaulted to those specific publisher lists in your geo that you want to run is hugely important. We work with over 7,000 publisher partners. So if you come in through the self-serve channel and you're trying to launch an operating campaign, you're going to be on push traffic and app traffic, gaming traffic, maybe some things you don't want to be on. And we can at least default it to the tier one publishers, which are the cream of the crop, the ones that we know track <laughs> the most effectively, the ones that we know perform the best. And then you can start to expand out of there. But coming in without that is a definitely a losing game. That's wonderful advice. And uh, I, I'm so glad you said that because, uh, you know, we're talking about a SaaS model for so many businesses where people are used with, uh, you know, the self-serve, uh, going to a platform, starting uh, you know, to run. MacBook is not a, you know, self-serve platform either. It can be especially if you've been an affiliate for a really long time. However, if you really want to make money, we always say talk to an account manager because it's really it's going to be very hard for you to look at a campaigns page and figure out what's the offer that's doing best for your traffic source. So I'm just so glad that you said that. And um, is it okay for people to reach out to you I, and for you to just introduce them to, I mean, all our uh I do see a, a few product owners here with us today, but most of the, you know, our friends are affiliates. So um, we can give them an email too, if you prefer and uh, get them in contact with the, with the right person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to be the, the first point of contact. And like I said, I'll, I'll forward you along to whoever makes the most sense, but in general, we're all kind of from that first slide that we, that we didn't see in the beginning, but then we saw when we went back, we have a team of, uh, 20 people internationally that are just focused on affiliate and direct response. And although that doesn't seem like a ton of people compared to these other platforms where like it, on Facebook, people are spending a hundred thousand dollars plus a day and they can't get a hold of somebody. That's just ridiculous to me. I'll never understand it. So um, we try and be as opposite of that as, as we can be. Amazing. All right, so um, I wrote down a couple of questions that I got from affiliates in our Skype groups too. So. I know this is a very hard question and obviously we're looking for something approximate. Um, if, you know, we've done native before, let's say I've been doing ref content and uh, MGAD, a few, you know, smaller platforms. I want to go on Outbrain. Um, I already know from a few affiliate friends that OfferX is decent. 
how much money should I put aside uh, to kind of figure out if it's going to be profitable for me? You know, why is $500 enough? Should I, you know, have at least $5,000? Is there like an approximate number you need when you're trying to test Outbrain? Yeah, it's a good question. I would say on a, on a daily budget perspective, mm -hmm. I'll always say like daily budgets and then usually a week and a half to two weeks of testing. But between five to ten thousand, between five to ten x of your CPA or CPL goal is what you should be running on a daily budget at least to start. So, if okay. your your CPA is a hundred bucks, you should probably be running five hundred dollars a day in traffic. Okay. If you have a lead goal of a solar offer of fifty bucks, you should probably be running two hundred fifty to five hundred dollars a day in traffic. Um, so at, at least, at least in the beginning. I mean, there are. I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a good idea to come in and test multiple thousand dollars a day because you're just you're spending it too fast and that the system isn't learning and we can't help as much. And believe me, I love I, I love when people spend a bunch of money because it helps my goal, too, internally. Right. But it doesn't help the longevity of things. And um, I'm sure you're you might ask something about like a tip and trick for, for new affiliates in your in your questions. But the reason we, we start slow a lot of the more successful campaigns right now are integrating a, an upper funnel conversion point uh, that, that's not just the purchase or the lead submit. So what do I mean by that? I mean, if somebody lands on a pre-lander to that VSL, right? Like the picture and it's got a couple hundred words and then it clicks out to the VSL. Exactly. We're starting to put conversion events on that pre-lander click out because we know that when somebody lands on that page, we need at least 20 to 40% of the people clicking off of that to get to the VSL to make it remotely profitable. So within that first couple hundred dollars of spend, couple thousand dollars of spend, we can weed out publisher sections way quicker and weed out ads way quicker. Because if we see, hey, this section only has a 5% landing page click-through rate to the VSL, we definitely don't want that. And I think in the past, mm -hmm. health and, and VSLs have only been for like the the people that can spend a ton of money because we were always optimizing towards that $150, $120 CPA. But now you can actually optimize towards like a $2 CPA and you start to get data back faster. You start to optimize faster. So you get to that point of profitability much quicker than just looking at the, the purchase number. That's so helpful. And thank you so much for giving us like specific answers. I know it's hard, but honestly, that's what, you know, we're looking for. That's why we have, uh, when we started in the industry, uh, like seven years ago, there was like very little content out there and it felt like no one was wanting to share like what works and what doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and the abundance mindset, it always works. I mean, it just, it just works. So thank you for that. Um, one more from me. Uh, what type of offers you see, like your top publishers, like what type of offers do you see um, getting a lot of sales every day? Don't even, you know, I don't need to know the revenues, just what offers get a lot of sales from what you're seeing, obviously, from the outside? It kind of goes and see, it kind of goes in seasonality a little bit. I would say right now, health is making a huge swing back to the top mm -hmm. of, of the top performing offers, especially in the US and internationally, I've seen a bunch of your guys offers in there. Um, but things like uh, blood sugar, some fungus stuff, some um, prostate health, uh, things that target older demographic have, mm -hmm. I expected them to do a lot 
more volume in the first quarter of the year when people are thinking about health and new year and new me, but over the last six weeks, it's, it's exploded more in that direction than I, it was kind of unexpected from my end. So that's really big. Um, lead gen has been around for the last two and a half, three years now at Outbrain. I think now everybody knows, Oh, I need to get in the lead gen game. So whether it's solar life insurance, um, things like that. Yeah. Financial. I, I will say here, like quick, um, anecdote about specifically gem which is medicare i think in in 2020 in the, the winter of 2020 obviously we were coming out of covid and there were a lot of other things going on so maybe people were just running different offers and, and we didn't see it as much but i think the medicare lead gen space in 2020 maybe spent half a million dollars two hundred fifty thousand dollars on operating us maybe that and then in 2021 I think it maybe went to like three or 4 million within the U S in terms of uh, spend volume, just within the open enrollment period of Medicare. So you're talking from September 15th to or October 15th to December 15th, but people start running it in September to get their data and really ramp up because that's when the payouts get higher. That's when everyone's looking for it. So if I had to put something on people's radar, more competition is always good. Um, so feel free to, to run it and see who, comes out on top, but I think Medicare is going to be really, really enormous this year, just based on the volume that we saw and success that we saw last year, in addition to all the gadget listicles and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I would say those are the, the main things right now, but it changes time to time. Amazing. And this, you know, you, you answer part of this with the trend that you're seeing. Um, anything you can tell us about customer behavior? Everyone was so worried that, you know, uh, with COVID, people wouldn't be shopping, but, you know, a lot of online sales happened during COVID. And then, you know, things have, you know, with the political climate have uh, shifted and a lot of, uh, you know, friends in the industry are worried about people not buying as much online. Are you seeing any trends like a decrease in people wanting to buy or purchase in general? It's a great question. And um, I'll preface this by saying I really, I really don't know um, what's what's going to work uh, for a fact. I've even posted this to a lot of different Facebook groups um, that, that I'm in uh, and just trying to get a gauge on what people are seeing. And I know media buying was around in 2008 and 2009, but in terms of the differences, it's, I mean, we've never really gone through a recession and I, I think we're, we're in one and it's going to be that way for the next year or two. So what's going to happen? I, I really, I, I really don't know. I, I will say that um, from from a high level perspective, it seems like it's slowed down slightly in terms of just the conversion rate and how mu- how much people are willing to pay for certain things. I feel like people are definitely getting more money conscious in in what they're willing to throw out there um, and 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 buy, and, and they're only focusing on things that they really really need. Which, by the way, is is health products. They want to be healthy. They they want to be as healthy as possible. So I think that might be why that's been coming up, but. The other avenue that I'm really interested in exploring is a lot of these uh, make money at home, alternate career paths type mm. uh, type offers that you don't really see on, on native. Like we haven't really seen them. The price points have been really low and, they, and it's because it's just been priced out and they haven't really worked. But I mean, I, I got to think, and I, I would say just my gut feeling is telling me that those are going to come back. Um, 
how to be an affiliate marketer, how to make money taking surveys, how to do all of those things. I, I, I would guess that those are going to come back pretty, pretty hardcore in the next six to 18 months. Very cool. Yeah, we're obviously we're always asking and we, we get asked that too. Uh, we're still seeing uh, people purchasing, especially health stuff, how you said. Um, but I'm, I'm very curious. It is a it is a recession year, no matter how you look at it with, you know, even the war in Europe, I, you know, you guys are more further away from that. So I think the good affiliates are always going to be able to reinvent in a way where uh, they're profitable. Obviously, I'm not worried about that because we have seen that time and time again. Um, but I am very curious on the customer behavior and the stuff that they are going to be purchasing. So, uh, yeah. and now it will, you know, and then in, in, a in a year, we'll say Joe was right. Remember on the Maxwell podcast, <laughs> the offers are going to come back. I hope. I yeah. hope. We'll see. If you think about it, even like how to become an affiliate, we... We don't have courses like that, right? We always educate affiliates that usually if you want to start with MaxWeb, you're probably going to do a better job if you already know at least, uh, you know, the 10-step basic things about affiliate marketing. Yeah. But if someone would write an actual really good course, we have a bunch of them, like, specifically for uh, different sources, but not like a beginner's guide. So anyone watching, good business idea out there. I'll take 10%. That's it. So you can have the idea. It's all good. <laughs> and I'll take 10. So just. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you don't mind, I, I've noticed a couple of questions earlier. And since our friends here were able to come online, I figured we cool. can help. Uh, one of them. Will this be recorded? Absolutely. We'll keep it here on Facebook. Come back and watch it uh, when you are free from work later. Um, so, Joe, you mentioned uh, one of the compliance things, having the contact us page, uh, you know, on the on the page. Uh, the question is, do we need an actual link on the contact us, which leads to the offer owner site? What Not really. <laughs> no, not not. That's what we're trying yeah. to figure out. So just a contact us to for the compliance reason. Yeah, for the compliance reason, for them to get in touch with you and the and the media buyers business, the affiliates business. Um, it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be directly to the the offer owners uh, right. site. Right. Yeah, this one is from Joe. Oh, not our Joe. <laughs> so uh, I think you already replied this, but maybe I'm wrong, and you do have so. Is there any information out there, um, like a self-serve page on oh, compliance, do's and don'ts, just information uh, that a beginner would find helpful on the Outbrain page? We're creating it right now, actually. Yeah. So a big resource hub. Yeah, huge initiative. Obviously, there's been a lot of things going on with Affiliate Summit East and Barcelona coming up. So the team's been activating in in-person channels a little bit, but the marketing team is... Uh, we're at work developing that to make it just like a interactive um, ecosystem. I love that. Yeah. I, I honestly, it, it has been almost an hour. I don't know how I feel like we just got started. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're live, you have to agree to come back on, on the back. Awesome. Yeah. If you're live, you can't be rude and say, no, Anna, sorry, I'm too busy. So we'll have yeah, an update. I'll check my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I promise everyone will have Joe back. Just one more question. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to listen to this on their way to work, just, you know, browsing through their day. 
share something with us. I always ask this because I know it's very cheesy, but I always love it when I hear it on the podcast that I listen to. If you want people to take something away from today's podcast, it can be anything. It can be something work-related or personal, something that you just had a wow moment uh, this year and you would love to share with everyone. Uh, what would that be? It can be hmm. personal be regarding work, like, guys, go and invest in, I don't know, NFTs. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it can be. Um, I would just, I think one of the things that's, that's helped my career is taking a step back and investing in myself and learning rather than just continuing to push forward and push forward in what I'm currently doing. Um, as a, as a team leader and, and somebody that's in customer service and, and sales, um, you know, you need to prospect, you need to get your list, you need to make sure you're doing the reach outs that you need to do, you need to hit all of these metrics. And I could continually doing that and continue forging ahead. But I think one of the things that's that's helped me over the years is, is taking a step back from all that, getting certified in some external courses, um, really like trying to learn, not even just specifically the, the native industry and the media buying industry, but I remember, and this is, just you guys probably all do this, but getting certified in something like Google Analytics or taking a free Coursera course um, from the University of Penn that talks about business analytics and how it you, you look at numbers for operations, for um, revenue, for all of those different things. Like there's all these free tools out there that can give you a little bit of a leg up, just whether you own your own business or you work for an agency or whatever you're doing, there's there's just so much education out there from podcasts like this or for courses. Like I just said, I would just uh, take some time to, to maybe reset a little bit now that it's a, it's an unknown in the world and we don't really know what's going on. You don't always need to just continue forcing ahead and trying to chase what's, what's the hottest next offer and the, you know, how you can make the easiest money. Um, I think taking a step back is really important. So I don't know. That, that's something that I'm passionate about. <laughs> That's awesome. I love yeah. that. So yes, everyone invest in yourself. You know, a lot of us are saying it, right? So maybe we're, we're onto something because when you invest in yourself, it, it just helps see, it ch basically changes your mindset, right? So without going in the depth of that, that's what's going to help you be more successful and it works. It, it really does. Uh, all right. Awesome. I promised you guys, I, I always try to keep it under one hour and we will have Joe again. We, you know, if you have questions, please leave it in the comments. Uh, we will try to get back to you. And also that this way we're going to know next time what else to add to, to our chat to help you make sure things are clear. And uh, last one, Joe, uh, any conferences that you're going to this year in case everyone wants to catch you in person? Well, I live in San Diego, so I'll be at TNC, traveling conversion down here. I remember uh, the last one was um, was awesome because it was everyone's like first conference off of COVID. So everybody was down here. I don't know how much work got done. There was a lot of uh, carrying on and hanging out, but it was it was great. That's the best, right? <laughs> yeah. The best because uh, you have time to do the business stuff when you get home. It's just so nice to be human and meet people. So I'll yeah. definitely see you in San Diego in September. Thank you yeah. so much again for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Anna.
Thank you. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to MaxWeb Video Podcast. If you are listening to us on uh, Spotify or Google, come back and check us out on YouTube. Uh, make sure to leave a comment if you have any additional questions or stuff that we can ask Joe next time when he is going to bring uh, his knowledge live with us. So thank you for being here with us. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, and we think you are awesome.